Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing on this day, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is September 14th, 1996. Yes, it is. And I've got some news today, I think. (laughs) You think? You're not sure? Well, I don't know. It's all weird. So... It's a weird newspaper you have in front of your face. You think so? I think so. All right. Well, do you think that Conan O'Brien is weird? (laughs) Yeah. Do you? Three years now. Uh, Andy Richter, Conan O'Brien, and, and Max Weinberg. Uh, for, you know, he was Max Weinberg, I think, was in the E Street Band, I want to say. No That's idea. Bruce Springsteen's band. Anyway, they're having a third anniversary special because it's three years. It's official. Conan is cool. Ooh. His goofy mug is on the cover of Rolling Stone. The critics are gushing. And his cutting-edge comedy showcase, The Late, uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, Celebrates the lanky prankster's success with a very funny third anniversary special on NBC. What do you think? I like Conan O'Brien a lot, actually. I grew up, uh, so I like, uh, I always liked David Letterman more mm-hmm. than I liked Conan O'Brien. I, I mean, more than I liked uh, Jay Leno. I remember watching that HBO movie about Jay Leno and... Uh, who was the other one? <laughs> David Letterman. I just said his name. Yeah, I know, but it it went away. Things pop out of my head all day long. Oh my gosh! That's, I it, think you might you might have a brain disease. I might. I don't know. It's kind of scary. Maybe you've got a parasite. I looked at the microwave the other day, and I thought I set the timer, but I didn't, and it changed the minute. And I thought it was counting down, guys. Something's wrong. <laughs> you need to have a brain scan maybe a lobotomy oh god don't say that <laughs> that's scary like one flew over the cuckoo's nest no no you know what else is scary uh Kevorkian <laughs> well you can still read I can <laughs> no disease found in three of Kevorkian's patients Wait, see that's okay. murder <laughs> That's that's murder. That's some frightening shit. I mean, I've been on his side, but not anymore. First was like, uh, oh, I think I've got a cold. <laughs> I got my machine out there. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, let's see. Uh they, uh, so one of the doctors recanted uh, her di- diagnosis of MS. Um, and, yeah, there's just so... There's there's some interesting uh, uh, some interesting things here. Kevorkian's basically like, nah, they were... They had diseases. And, uh, but apparently the medical reports say no. He can't prove it? No. That's not good. You should definitely be able to prove... That your terminally ill patients were terminally ill. Yeah, and that's like, I don't think all, like, I, I think 
if I remember correctly from some of the other trial stuff, I don't think that all of them were terminal either. Some of them had like diseases, but they weren't terminal diseases. They were more like quality of life, like debilitating, but not terminal. So, yeah. Not good. Lots of controversy around there. I, I'm sad. I'm saddened by this. I understand that. <laughs> what? That was the most stoic I've ever heard anybody say that. <laughs> I was like a... It was like a German father at a funeral or something. <laughs> I am saddened. I am saddened by this. Well, I just, I really believed in what he was doing. Now I'm worried that he's just a psychopath. <laughs> well, time will tell. I guess. Time will also tell whether or not this TV show that we watched will be a success. It was pretty. It was pretty good. What did you think? We we watched uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. So first episode ever premiered yesterday, mm-hmm. and I am familiar with Raymond Romano. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a comedian. Yeah, because I like stand up co- comedy. There, and I like him a lot. Uh, I like Doris Roberts, who plays his mom, and Peter Boyle, uh, like famous, like. Maybe most famous as Frankenstein in the movie Young Frankenstein. Okay. But he's always been, which, you know, obviously was a long time ago. Well, you know, well, 20 years ago or something like that. But uh, he, um, you know, he's always been a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. And I've liked him a lot. He's uh, been on a few different things that I've seen before, but... What about the giant dude who plays his brother? Has he been in anything? I, I think he's also, his name is Brad Garrett. He's also a stand-up comedian. I've seen his act once, I think, maybe. But he's not, he he wasn't, so I, I assume they know each other from the like, stand-up yeah, t- maybe. touring. Probably. I, like, you know, but I don't, I haven't seen him much. I don't know much about him. He seems funny. I'm very, like, yeah. like uh, very stoic. Kind of humor. He's just a giant person, though. Yeah. <laughs> he he gets the titular line. The what it, now? The titular line. Everybody loves Raymond. Right, right. He says. But yeah, he, say, he says that. So they live across... Okay, so uh, let me set this up for anyone that hasn't seen it. Uh, I guess Ray Romano is a sports writer. Maybe that's his dream job. I don't know. <laughs> but he's a sports writer. Uh, his name's Ray. And he has a wife named Deborah. Uh, not familiar with her, this actress. Mm. Can't remember her name. She's cute. I hate her haircut, though. Oh, yeah. Not not good hair. No. But, I mean, it's the typical I just had babies haircut. Patricia Heaton. That's her name. Okay. But I'm not familiar with her. Why uh, do women cut all their hair off as soon as they have babies? I don't know. I don't get it. It's, it's, a, it's Maybe that's like a psychological thing. Like, I'm no longer... I'm no longer in the market to mate. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Like it's, uh, you know, that's a, that's a signal to the other species, males of the other species. I thought maybe it was, you know, because babies will grab their hair. Maybe. I don't know. The cats like to play with your hair. Are you going to cut yeah, it? Yeah. I'm actually breaking out in hives as we speak because one of the cats was on my neck, in my ear, pawing at me. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. Well, don't scratch. Anyway, so they're married. They have three children. 
I mean, this is all like explained in the title sequence, right? Where he's putting together some sort of uh, play place for those kids, and but... he puts it together around himself because he's that kind of idiot, right? He can't get out. He has a five-year-old daughter and two twin-year-old boys, and they look like they're half black. They do. It's really weird. They like do. you've got these two pasty pale white people who have these like half black children. It's kind of weird. Whatever. I guess they couldn't find any other twin babies. Maybe not good enough actors anyway. Although one of them was <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> I'd be freaking out if Robert Boyle, Peter Boyle, Peter Boyle, picked me up when I was sleeping. <laughs> Let me suck the youth out of your head. <laughs> But they live across the street from their parents in Long Island. And it's the most stereotypical Long Island mom I've ever seen. At one point, he he signed her up for the Fruit of the Month Club. And 12, like over a dozen pears came or whatever. And she's talking about, what am I supposed to do with all these pears? And she says, I can't talk. There's too much fruit in the house. It was hilarious. She's like, we have enough problems. And then she's like, how, how long? Like, she's like, it comes every month. And she's like, it's a group. <laughs> and the- then she says to her husband, Raymond's put us in some sort of cult. <laughs> that is a lot of pairs, though. I get that. I get yeah. that. Like, what do you do with, like, 15 pairs or something? They said it was more than 12, so. Yeah, I, I've never I've never been part of the Fruit of the Month Club, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. That is a lot. for. I mean, for over the course of a month, 15 is not a lot. That's one every other day. But are they going to last a right. whole month? Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, okay, if you got all three of the people mm-hmm. eating three pairs, you know, so you're going through three pairs every day. You could go through them in, like, five days. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But does everybody want to have a pair every day? Three pairs every day. Oh, oh. One person, one pair. <laughs> it's like a psychological experiment. One person, one pair. Well, no, but there's three adults in the house. I, I get it. <laughs> three pairs a day. Four or five days. Less than a week, your pairs are gone. So what are you bitching about? I don't know. But it is that is a pair every day. <laughs> I'd eat a pair every day. Yeah. If I had to. But yeah, it is it doesn't mean to make you eat them. I'll eat a peach every day. <laughs> Would you? <ya? laughs> anyway, so uh the show is essentially it's a, it's a very traditional family sitcom where the husband's an idiot <laughs> who makes up lies in order to try to make everyone happy. Yeah. He's caught between his family and his wife. And his family kind of sucks. A little bit. I mean, I totally see Deborah's point. Like, he's gone on road trips a mm. lot, it sounds like. Yeah. He was gone for four days when this episode started. Covering and, the Yankees. Yeah, and his parents just come over to their house Every single day. He's not there. And they don't knock. They don't knock. They don't call first. They just walk into the house. I would not be okay with that either. Who would? The the father, Peter Boyle, wakes up the kids. Yeah. I just what, want what to see What kind of asshole wakes up children when they're sleeping? It is kind of sweet because he wants to see them so badly. Because he wants to suck the youth out of their heads. <laughs> That's some messed up shit. It's like, it's like in The Princess Bride. 
<laughs> He's only mostly dead. <laughs> wow. But, uh, I mean, for the most part, there. so there's a couple moments in this episode, at least. I, I, I don't know if this is going to continue. This is sort of a staple of the... Ever since Seinfeld became popular, there's been a rash of... Let's get a comedian a show. Right. And this is another one of those. Now, it looks like they've put a little more care into crafting an actual story and scenario and other characters. See, what works about Seinfeld, Seinfeld's not a good actor at all. <laughs> there's a couple There's a couple times in a few different episodes of Seinfeld I've seen where he kind of cracks up in the middle of what they're saying, or he's got mm-hmm. a smile on his face the whole time. Right. And you know that's the best take they got. <laughs> so what works about that show, and Seinfeld is, you know, it's funny in the show, but what works about the show is the characters around that they put around him. Okay. Every, all the other actors are playing their characters very well, and they're well-written, funny characters. It looks like they've done that here, too. I mean, they took the time to get a Peter Boyle, who's, mm. who's a an established comedic actor, who I think is very funny. Uh, they took time to get a Doris Roberts, who was, uh, she was a guest star, actually, one time on uh, St. Elsewhere. Oh, so your favorite. Everybody knows. But uh, but she's also a, a comedic actress, known. Mm-hmm. So they took time to get those two for the parents. And that those are, that's... A t- that's a tough. Those are tough roles, right? Those two. So I think they did really good. They got established, funny actors to play those roles. Um, the wife seems good. <clears throat> she didn't have a ton to do this episode necessarily, but she seemed like she's a good actress. Yeah. She can hold her own with him, which you know is necessary because obviously she's got a lot of scenes with him. Right. Uh, and the brother seems fine. His friend comes over and was just whatever. I think that's another. I don't. I recognize him a little bit, but I don't. I don't know exactly who it is. I think it's just another one of his stand-up friends. I, I'm gonna guess we're gonna get a lot of cameos from stand-up friends. Yeah, this. that uh, would make sense. But there's a couple times in this epi- in this in this episode where it's just him doing stand-up, <laughs> like at the end where he's talking about how they're twins and if. He's scared they might turn out ugly because if you have one person that's kind of ugly, people just sort of ignore it or whatever. But if you see it twice, right? That's like that is a stand-up routine for sure. And there's an, another time that when he does the the, the that tw- was funny the twin baby flies, which was funny. But that's kind of like a stand-up routine too because the camera's like locked on him. He's talking to someone off camera so he's just delivering this thought mm-hmm. to the camera it's very stand-up like and a lot of these shows where it's get a comedian a, a show does that it devolves mm-hmm. into let's have them do their stand-up because people like their stand-up that's why we gave them the show but that's not what you should do you should say oh this person's funny let's create funny scenarios around them and i think seinfeld does that a little bit more obviously they do the stand-up but they frame it where it's stand up at the beginning and stand up at the end like an actual thing of him doing stand-up at the beginning and end. Mm-hmm. And then the show in the middle. And the show is the part that everyone cares about. For sure. Although, I mean, he did make me laugh, so. But yeah, and and the thing is is I th- so I, I as long as they don't as long as they don't make that too big of a part of the show. 
as long as they focus on the actual story between these characters of this family dynamic, then I think it can be good. Well, we'll have to see how they how they proceed with it. It was funny. It was well written. It was funny. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely in for more. So I mean, even little stuff like when they can't uh, the the mom comes over to to help babysit the kids while Deborah is at the movies mm-hmm. with her friend Linda, who had uh, an interesting trip to the gyno. Uh, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Was it like? Was it uh, sexual in nature or something? Is she pregnant? I don't know. But anyway, so the mom comes. Like the mom comes over, she helps, and then while he's gone, the dad and the brother come over, and they're like, "Where have you been?" <laughs> like kind of like we've been looking everywhere for you, and uh, she's like, "Where'd you look?" And Brad Garrett, the the brother, goes, "We we figured we'd start here," <laughs> and that just that like it's a very almost like thrown away line, but it's, that's funny. And the, the instinct to know where to put the little, you know, those little kind of comments that'll hit. Mm-hmm. The looks, sounds like the writer's room knows what they're doing. So, yeah. so I mean, I look forward to watching more episodes of it. And then we watched a movie. We did. We watched a, a touching romantic comedy. Or you would be led to believe based on the trailer. Yeah, we saw the previews uh, for in in a couple. I uh, can't remember what movies we were watching, but a couple of the movies that we've watched recently, we saw. You know, they mm-hmm. played the trailer for this movie in you know before the the other movie. Uh, we saw Feeling Minnesota. What does that mean, by the way? They never explain anything about that. Like feeling, like no, you're never. feeling Minnesota, as in like <clears throat> I feel like this is Minnesota, or. <laughs> Um, is feeling Minnesota like a state of being? Well, I mean, it takes place in Minnesota. Most of it, yep. Most of it. The end doesn't. I'm trying to remember. The end takes place in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. It's a spoiler for everybody. And the brother came into town from somewhere else. Yeah, now he's feeling Minnesota. Maybe. The brother being Jack, which apparently is... No, Jax. Jax. It was supposed to be Jack. But they had a typo on his birth certificate. So now it's Jax. With two J's. Yeah, they, it's very subtle the one when they say that, but we did catch that. Jax. So it's Jax. Uh, yeah, Tuesday Weld couldn't spell for shit, apparently. So weird. You know, that's how I ended up with my middle name being spelled after Lucretia uh, Borgia. Borgia. Actually, not spelled after Lucretia Borgia. It's spelled wrong. My dad wanted it spelled with a Z, and instead it's spelled with a C. Because my oh, is that how Lucrezia Borgia spelled her name with a Z? With a Z? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And my mom's college roommate's name was Lucrezia, so she spelled it the way she spelled it. Oh, weird. That's weird. And then my dad was kind of mad. What a weird name. He wasn't there. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where that, was he? That was her defense. I don't know. Working, probably. He worked like three jobs. Uh, I guess that was the time period, huh? When when uh, dads just like uh, smoked a cigar and were like, meh, I had a, meh. I guess. I, I run a big city newspaper. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I got a, a child now. Or I'm going to terrorize Gotham City. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, Tuesday, well, okay. So, 
I want to talk about Tuesday Weld, but <clears throat> the mom. But uh, Keanu Reeves stars as Jax. Yeah. And Vincent D'Onofrio, who you probably most famously remember as Private Pyle from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Okay. The guy that went insane and then killed uh, killed the Arlie Army and then killed himself. I never saw the movie, so thanks for the spoilers. You're welcome. <laughs> and then... And then uh, Cameron Diaz. Who we just saw recently in another mask, movie. Isn't it? And she was also in She's the One. Which is another weird movie with brothers. <laughs> Maybe that's... She's going to get typecast as uh, someone who breaks brothers apart. Right. But, and then uh, Tuesday Wild plays the mob. Yeah. That's what <clears> I want to talk about. This entire show is going to be me, about me talking about Tuesday Wild. It is not. Um, so she's the mom, and you may remember her as Thalia Menninger from the Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Nope, nobody does. Nobody even remembers that that show existed. I told you for about you. it before. Dobie, I know. Do, 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 do. I know it exists because you told me. Maynard G. Krebs. Cool, but it sounds know, like crab. She. <laughs> he was a beatnik. The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. The, that was the show. Oh my god. But she played the Thalia Menninger. Okay. Anyway, she was a fa- she was an actress. In- She's very pretty for an old lady. Yeah, she was gorgeous when she was when she was younger. Yeah, they actually show a picture of how, of what she looked like when she was younger in this movie. So yeah, and uh, she was in, in 1960. She was in a movie called Sex Kittens Go to College. You want to see it, don't you? I kind of do. I had a feeling. Don't you? <clears throat> no. Really? Mamie Van Doren's in it. I don't know who that is either. She was another like Marilyn Monroe knockoff in the 50s. Okay. It's Mamie Van Doren and uh, the other one. Okay, whatever. I'm you- sorry. I'm not up on my old people uh, stars. I'm only up on the new people stars. Anyway. <laughs> she, uh, the, 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 the plot of the movie from what, I, what I'm gathering is they take their sweet time to explain it for sure no no i'm talking about sex kids oh jesus (laughs) it's uh i i don't know exactly what happens in the movie but apparently there is an adult version cut of it i imagine where i don't think they get naked though any of them because they were like big stars i don't think they get naked um but apparently there's an adult version where (laughs) The robot, uh, Mr. Think-So or something, <laughs> has a dream sequence with uh, with strip, t- strip dancers. Okay. So it's a movie in which they have an extended adult version where a robot daydreams about being with strippers. It sounds like something to watch while on shrooms. Oh my god. Well, it was 1960, so I mean, it was a little early for that, but I don't know. It was far out and happening, man. Can you imagine 1960? They were like, yeah, that's cool. A Brave New World came out in what, 1963? The book? 1953? The book? Yeah. I don't know. I love how you just expect me to know the publishing date. I expect you to know everything. Get on it. I think it came out in the 50s, but I'm not sure. And that whole book is just like, do acid, do acid. Soma, yeah. You know, whatever. 
Soma is what they call it in the book. But yeah, essentially it is acid. That is correct. So it's not too early for psychedelics. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. I think it was not in popular culture at the time. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about this movie. I'd love to. Thanks. All right. So Tuesday Weld, the Elliot Manager. She is a terrible mother. She is. And that's kind of like what causes this movie to come to be because she somehow manages to raise two terrible people. Well, she didn't, though, because she sent one of them to live with the dad. We never see the dad, by the way. Yeah. Just, like, there's a lot about this doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah. Like, why did she have to send one away? That doesn't make sense to begin with. If you're, like, giving up your kids, you give up your kids. You don't give up one. Apparently, it's some kind of agreement they came to. They got divorced, and they were like, well, we'll each take one. Oh, like the parent trap. He says, says the little eight-year-old boy's like, how come I have to go live with dad? And she goes, well, you know, uh, your brother was born first, and you were born second, so might as well keep the first one. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? (laughs) But I don't want to go live with my dad. Oh, well, get out of here. And then his big brother's a jerk and, like, was beating him up all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, the whole thing was very upsetting. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio is the big brother and Keanu Reeves is the little brother. But initially, when they're little boys, the big brother is played by Jim Carrey, which is weird. That was Jim Carrey? Yeah, you didn't realize that? That was not. That was Jim Carrey. There's no way that was Jim Carrey. 100%. Oh, I, I will bet you so much money that was not Jim Carrey. <laughs> I will bet you our standard bet that it was Jim Carrey. God, I didn't pay enough attention. Do you accept? <sighs> Did you see his name in the credits? No. You swear you didn't see his name I in the swear. credits? I swear. I wouldn't lie to you. All right, I will take the standard bet. All right. Well, then we will see. Yep. We'll have to... Uh, we'll have to go to the movie theater. You know how um, in the movie theater they have those uh, those foldouts with the, like, oh, this is what's coming up and all that stuff. And they usually have the cast list on there. So we'll, we'll, we'll check that out. Okay. We'll do that. We'll let you all know next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like coming soon or whatever it's called. I don't know. They're little, they're little pamphlets with the, the movies and, and what's coming out and everything. But they have this thing where, like, they play rock, paper, scissors, and the loser has to put his hand out and get it smashed by the other one? Yeah, it's weird. Like, do brothers just do this shit? Yeah, kind of. They throw rocks at each other? I think it's, yeah. I think it's it's exaggerated, but yes. I think that some some brothers have this kind of relationship. Although I don't know how they stayed such bitter rivals when they basically grew up away from each other. Well, no, I mean, the older one... Looked like he was probably like fifteen. Well, if, I mean, if he was if he was played by Jim Carrey, then he would have been like in his twenties, his late twenties. He looked like he was about fifteen, sixteen, or like supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then the younger one was eight. So I mean, that's not. I wouldn't say it's growing up away from each other. I mean, they they spent some time together. They spent some time together. But the oldest brother is getting married. Well, he's getting he's getting forcibly married. I, he wants the marriage, but the the bride Cameron Diaz is being forced to marry him because uh, he works for some kind of drug dealer, mafia, pornographer. Don't really know. He's cornered Minnesota's seedy underbelly, I guess. Like there is one, and he has. Dan Aykroyd, who's in this movie for some reason. And Dan he does Aykroyd, a terrible job. Dan Aykroyd 
He isn't even phoning it in. He's no. like he's telegraphing it in. It's like I mean I've seen you be good. What is it? Did they get you stoned? Why are you like this, Dan I don't Aykroyd? Understand? Yeah, he's. This is the most. This is the most I don't give a shit performance I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it was really bad. I mean, Keanu Reeves, God love him. Oh, he's kind of flat all the time anyway. Anytime I see, I have a love hate relationship with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Because he's a charismatic person. Mm-hmm. But every time I watch a movie with him in it, I think to myself, like, like there, there, you know, a scene's happening. Like, he has a dramatic scene with Cameron Diaz, right? And every time, like, uh, when they, okay, so he cheats, she cheats on her husband with the brother, with Keanu Reeves. Immediately. Immediately. Mm-hmm. At the wedding reception. Yeah. She has sex with his brother. I have things to say about that, but finish your point. Uh, <laughs> and then later they have sex in the front seat of a car for uh-huh. some reason. Yep. But they have a they have a thing where she's like, hey, "Why don't we just go some? You know, why don't we just go to Vegas? Why don't we just leave?" And he's like, "No, because it feels too good, and that means it'll turn to shit." Mm-hmm. And as he's delivering this, I mean, he's delivering it like, "No, don't you see that it feels too good? <laughs> that means eventually it's going to turn to shit." And, like, I, I see scenes like that, and I think to myself, wow, with a different actor, this could be a really good scene. Like, I think to myself, this could be really powerful and good if someone actually performed it correctly. Right. With the right, like, active activation of their emotions. But I still kind of like him in, the, in, in, in movies, so it's difficult. I, I don't want people to stop casting him necessarily, but like every time I see him in a scene, I'm like, it'd be so much better if a, a good actor was in this. Well, I mean, it, he reminded me very much of A Walk in the Clouds, you know, like the way that he delivered the dramatic lines in that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one with the, 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 the winery. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he, he gave more in that movie than he did in this one, I think, still. A little. I mean, it was... He's just not a very good actor. Nobody did great. He should play a robot. Cameron Diaz did okay. She did okay. Cameron Diaz is a good actress. Cameron Diaz did okay. Vincent D'Onofrio is pretty good in yeah, his scenes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just hate his character, but yeah, he was a good actor. Dan Aykroyd is terrible. Ugh. Everyone else is pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole movie just, it never feels real. They wrote slut on, on her arm in Sharpie, and somehow that's the greatest insult that's ever existed. I thought that was a tattoo. Well, he said you let them write that on her arm. Well, I mean, I guess maybe tattoo. It could be a tattoo. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, and these are prison people, so. <laughs> Tattooing it's involves prison writing, people. you know. Yeah, I guess that's true. But it's, what did you think of the movie overall? First. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I need so to talk about the sex. Please. Okay. The Ta- sex scenes were really fucked up. Oh yeah. Like they're kind of flirting and she's like I have to go pee. She's in her wedding dress, her dirty wedding dress because she ran mm-hmm. and and was drugged to this wedding <laughs> kicking yeah. and screaming basically. So she walks off in her wedding dress and he knows Keanu Reeves' character knows to follow her and fuck her. Somehow. I don't understand how that was communicated in I Have to Pee. In a dirty bathroom. Ugh. And, like, everything about it was just wrong. It was just gross. And, like, 
she was so like aggressive. Mm-hmm. It didn't. I she didn't started look good biting his finger to the point where it really hurt him. Yeah, and then she's like, "Did you come for me?" <laughs> and he goes, "No, I came for my my brother for the wedding." <laughs> and she's like, "No, did you come for?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, it was so weird. It was and, so weird. And when they're having sex in the front seat of the car, I couldn't tell exactly what angle they were at. It was filmed so weird. And who chooses the front seat? Like, I understand if it happens, like, randomly, but they went to the car to have sex. Mm-hmm. So go in the back seat, you stupid people. Yeah. It's the whole thing. The whole movie was weird. There was, I mean, there was there was chemistry. But the sex scenes didn't show it. No. Like, it it didn't make sense for them to even be together. A lot of this movie was very poorly written and mm-hmm. poorly performed. And I we some weird editing choices, too. At one point, there's like a... Like... Of an, like a fade editing. And I don't know exactly what that's supposed to be conveying. But yeah, some really weird editing choices in this. Uh... At, at one point, we think she de- gets killed. Yeah. Which was sort of interesting. I was like, oh, wow, is her character going to be gone? But they, they go back they go back on it. Uh, she she lives. Yeah. That, that was annoying. Because they're in a car together, and he shoots her in the stomach. It would have been better if she had just been dead, to be honest. But, because uh, it would have it carried more emotional weight. It, it would have it felt more like Fargo. This movie reminded me of Fargo every once in a while. A little bit, yes. Because the idiocy. <laughs> but not, with not, without the teeth. Yeah. It feels like, yeah, it feels like Fargo without the teeth, basically. But, uh, so she she gets shot, and he finds her in the bathtub, thinks she's dead, carries her out, buries her. She's not dead. She she comes back, al- she gets back, you know, alive. Oh, Real quick, I don't think you specified. Vincent D'Onofrio shoots her in the stomach yes, in the yes, car. Yes. And Keanu Reeves thinks that he killed her when he wakes up. And that's what doesn't that's one thing that's that's the point I'm getting to. They don't they don't establish that. No. It didn't make any sense. At one point, finally when they see each other again, when she's alive, he's like, Oh, I blacked out and I didn't know or I thought maybe I'd killed you. And she's like, why Why would you want to kill me? He's like, I wouldn't. And then like, they fight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we were supposed to know that? When he woke yeah. up, we were supposed to know that he thought maybe he did it? There were a lot of things in this movie that should have been conveyed earlier than they were. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You spend a lot of the movie guessing and trying to figure shit out that just gets explained. And yeah, not in a satisfying way. Not like where they leave clues or anything. No, just in a like, oh, this is this is like, what it is. Oh, that it makes sense now because you uh, you thought maybe you killed her. I didn't get that before, so all your actions seem dumb and nonsensical. Now I guess they make sense, but I don't care anymore. Right, and. And she comes up with a plan to try to get money from Vincent D'Onofrio by uh, contacting the hotel people and like yeah, it was one of those them... double cross the double crosser exactly. And that's another way that it reminds me of Fargo. But mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't make sense. And then they want to have their cake and eat it too. They try like they go they go halfway down the path of Cameron Diaz basically just being a user. 
that just wants to get her dream and doesn't care about either of them mm-hmm. to, oh, she really likes Keanu Reeves, though, even though she's mad at him and they'll end up together and everything's happy. And it's like, what? But no. Vincent and Vincent D'Onofrio, like, it, oh, my, the whole thing. It shouldn't. It shouldn't have been. And she, Vincent D'Onofrio, Dan Aykroyd kills Vincent D'Onofrio's character. In the stupidest way possible, mm-hmm. where he just like you know holds his like suffocates him when he's already been shot, just shoot him again, and then uh, he he says, you know what doesn't make any sense about that either is <laughs> he does all this, takes the money, and then and fucks Cameron Diaz presumably. Yeah, she escapes. She's a slut. She escapes with well tattoo. She escapes with the money. And um, then she calls up the guy's partner, who's barely established in the movie, and says, oh, yeah, he didn't do it. Uh, Dan Aykroyd did it. Keanu Reeves didn't do it. He's being framed for this murder. That's He'll be fine, though, right? And I'm thinking, like, no. If you're not going to stay and testify, why would he be? Right. Just your words enough? And But apparently it is, because Dan Aykroyd <laughs> gets arrested. But the thing that doesn't make any sense about that is the hotel owner... And his wife are there. And uh, Dan Eckert's like, oh, you guys go. This is a crime scene now. And then he kills Vincent D'Onofrio. But Vincent D'Onofrio was alive when they left. Why couldn't they testify? Oh, he came in with a gun. Keanu Reeves was defending himself. Dan Eckert comes in, tells us to go. And then all of a sudden, Vincent D'Onofrio's dead. Where were they? Did they get killed? Did they get killed off screen? What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of just... It it felt like there were chunks of this movie that are missing. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying with the weird editing choices. It seems like a lot of this was left on the cutting room floor. Yes. And I don't understand why, because it's only like an hour and a half long movie. They could have made it a two hour long movie. Yeah, and it would have been better. But it seemed... Like like you said, I think think Fargo's a really good... uh, I think that's a really good... um, comparison uh, yeah comparison to this thank you to this to this movie where that's what they were going for but they really they didn't have the guts to go through with it yeah overall uh don't see it that's that's my recommendation i don't i didn't like it i i didn't i didn't like i didn't like it and there's nothing great about it but it was still kind of fun to watch it you could rent it, though. Yeah, that's what, what I would say. Rent it. Wait for it to come out to Blockbuster. It's You don't see Cameron Diaz naked, so... <laughs> no. You do see boobs at the end of the movie, but yeah. not Cameron Diaz's. No, she's in a, a burlesque show, but she's the only one that's fully covered. It's so funny. But, yeah, I mean, it's... I guess... You know, I don't I don't think you need to see I, I honestly don't think you need to see it. I didn't hate it, but it... Was it left me very unsatisfied because it was it like started to build up the things and then the logic and everything just crumbled around it. So, yeah, I mean, like I agree with you on paper. I'm just telling you, I enjoyed watching it anyway. There's a million things wrong with it, but I liked watching it. Yeah, there's a lot wrong with them. <laughs> and the the tonally, it was a little weird too. Don't you think? Like, yes, there were times where it was supposed to be funny, I think, but it was not. And I think it's like funny in the way that Fargo could be funny sometimes, too. But it's not like the Coen brothers knew how to handle that, that, uh, 
that kind of comedy, dark comedy, mm-hmm. where like how it how it should be delivered, how the lines should be written, and this writer and director did not. No. So, yeah, I think that's what they were going for, and I think they just didn't do it well. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, don't waste your time, but if you're real bored, you could rent it someday. I mean, yeah, yeah, when it comes out in a year or whatever to Blockbuster. But that is the episode for the week, Carol. Do your thing. All right, so go ahead and write us at latefee1994 at com. Check out our website at retrolatefee.com and uh, tell your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.